Okay, cool. So um, tonight, friends, we are in week two of our Five Marks of Mission series. Um, in the books, um, the second week is transforming unjust structures, but actually we did a little flip. And tonight I am going to be talking about um, proclaiming the good news. And so um, over the course of this week, um, it's been obviously a pretty unexpected week. Um, Anna Kuzak asked me last Sunday after church, oh, Rose, what's coming up this week for you? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I haven't kind of got my head around it just yet. Certainly did not have my head around this possibility for us this Sunday. Um, but here we are dusting off Zoom Church. And um, yeah, I'm just super grateful to be able to connect in some way. So um, happy to have a whanau of faith to belong to um, and to be with tonight. So yeah, so good to be here. Um, but I guess the question of proclaiming the good news has felt like a just a crazy one for this week for me. Partially because this week everything's just felt quite weird since lockdown happened. I think it um, did a bit of a number on me. And so I think most of my thinking and feeling just felt a little bit weird this week. And so thinking about what does proclaiming mean? Um, what does the good news mean? And particularly, what does that mean in lockdown? Were three questions that were floating around for me. Um, and so I have thought of a number of different ways to share, but actually the, the way that felt best um, was just to look at different ways that proclamation looks like throughout scripture. And there's kind of three um, key types of proclamation um, that I want to draw our attention to tonight. There's probably heaps more than that actually in scripture, but there are three types that I have identified and want us to kind of look at because I think they're ones that we can actually incorporate in our lives right now, um, even though our lives look a bit different right now. And so um, what I'm going to do is screen share again a bit and just um, throw quite a bit of scripture at us and you guys can track along visually, hopefully. And so, yeah, the, um, the first type that I want to bring of proclamation that we see in scripture is um, a form of creative proclamation where people are articulating um, in the form of art, of song and poetry and um, verse something saying something about God and their experience of God either as an individual or um, as a collective group of people and the big block of those that we have in the middle of the scriptures are the Psalms and so throughout this week um, I have been sitting with Psalm 146 it was our lectionary reading um, a few days ago and something I like to do um, with Psalms is sit down and spend time looking at them uh, because poetry is a highly structured and really deliberate um, form of communication. Um, my amazing flatmate Holly knows heaps about poetry and I really don't know heaps about poetry. And so for me, it's not stuff that I just pick up in the first reading. Um, and I'm really helped by um, reading about what is the sound trying to say? What is the kind of structure that sits around this spending time and looking at the way that it's um, put together and what God might be saying through it. And so I want to read to you guys um, Psalm 146. I'm going to pull it up. Screen share. Uh, here we go. Do-do-do, um, Psalm 146. And then I'm going to read a few things about it. Hallelujah, all my soul, praise God. All my life long, I'll praise God. Singing songs to my God as long as I live. Don't put your life in the hands of experts who know nothing of salvation life. Mere humans don't have what it takes. When they die, their projects die with them. Instead, get help from the God of Jacob. 
Put your hope in God and no real blessing. God made sky and soil, sea and all the fish in it. He always does what he says. He defends the wrong. He feeds the hungry. God frees the prisoners. He gives sight to the blind. He lifts up the fallen. God loves good people, protects strangers, takes the side of orphans and widows and makes short work of the wicked. God's in charge always. Zion's God is God for good. Hallelujah. And so I, I spent a bit of time with that um, psalm and I noticed oh, it starts with, oh, my soul, praise God, this call to um, turn our attention to God. And it talks about God being the creator of um, systems, of ecosystems and other creative processes that the soil is a thing that God gives life to. And then the soil in turn keeps on giving life. Um, it talks about um, this human tendency to put trust in um and leaders and people in charge and how actually um, those people in charge um, can be unreliable and that um, there is just a frailty in humans, um, but that God um, is a more sure place for us to put our hope in. And then it's got this beautiful bit, which is kind of similar to what we say in our liturgy um, when we take communion about how God has a strong um, preferential option preferential care for those who are um, vulnerable and those who are in need so here we see about um, people that are suffering because of injustice people who are hungry people who are incarcerated um, people who are blinded people who um, are, are bowed low and um yeah I was taking some time to um, read this um out of Nine Eye and um Max's mum gave me a um big like commentary on the Psalms and I was reading about this and it was really helpful to me um, kind of understanding a little bit more of what was going on behind this proclamation. And there was this beautiful bit about um, God, about Yahweh being a faithful sovereign who wills well-being for the world, who has this preferential option for the vulnerable and is on their side and how this Psalm talks about um, the righteous being people who are aligned to God's care for the vulnerable and um, the wicked are those who are praying actively on vulnerable people um, and that God stands in opposition to that. And so this um, psalmist, I guess, is creatively expressing, um, and this is a psalm that's written for people to um, chant or sing communally um, as a celebration song, their understanding of God, um, both through, I guess, what they maybe personally experienced of God and also looking back at who God has been in the world and in the history of, at this time, the Jewish people. So this is this creative proclamation. And there's a lot of those in the Psalms. And then another beautiful creative proclamation that um, I was thinking of a bunch this week is um, just the kind of manawahine of um, scripture. This is just such a beautiful bit. Um, in Luke 1, where... Um, Mary and Elizabeth go and hang out with each other. So Mary's a barren, um, Mary's a virgin, becomes impregnated with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth's her barren cousin, and they rendezvous, and they're both hapu. And it's just this kind of crazy, um, kind of creative, prophetic moment where they interact and they sing to one another, which is just so beautiful. And so I thought I'd read us from that. At this time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? 
As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And then Mary replies in song as well. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their own innermost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones and has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised to our ancestors. And then it says Mary and Elizabeth stayed and hung out together um, like two jolly pregnant women. And then she went home. And so we have this beautiful depiction of um, them proclaiming to one another their experience of God's um, activity in their life. And they do this in song. And I'm sure they had um, a lot of other beautiful interactions in that time. But to me, um, that space of um, creativity um, is a really beautiful one of um, being able to express and give um, body to who God is in the world. And so for all of us, there will be um, ways that we can be creative and can express our creativity as a proclamation of who God is, whether that is through drawing or through writing or through, and maybe that's writing like journaling or um, writing a psalm or whatever it is, lots of different ways. We see throughout scriptures that there's this creative energy where um, we can articulate who God is. And the, the Holy Spirit can partner with us in that um, as a form of proclamation. And that that can be something that we share with others. That can be something that we just proclaim um, to God um, and to ourselves and to our own spirits. But that is a proclamation of um, who God is in the world. So that's our first one that we see, um, creative proclamation. The second one is um, sharing testimony. And I suppose that um, this kind of, overlaps with um, the first one, but I thought I would just um, rattle through some of the quite crack up ways that this, um, we see this in the gospels. It always amused me when I first um, came to faith and started reading scripture, how often Jesus would encounter people and then um, he, he would do something amazing for them. And then he would tell them, um, hey, don't tell anybody. And then immediately they would ignore him and just buzz off and just start mouthing out and just sharing with everybody. And I was like, why is Jesus trying to be so like download? Like, what is this? Some false humility? Or like, I just did not get it. Um, and I think with time, I've kind of understood that um, maybe Jesus was trying to like have his ministry hang around for longer and to not to get into much trouble. And maybe he had some sort of strat going on. But clearly it just doesn't work um, because people just go and, and share anyway. So we have a story in Mark 2 where Jesus heals a man with leprosy and um, and he makes his skin clean. And that's like pretty amazing because um, when you have leprosy, you're like super ostracized by the community. And so Jesus says, hey, you're made clean. Go and um, keep this quiet, but go and make an offering at the temple. Explain to the priest that you've been healed. And that will be a way for you to be kind of reintegrated with the community and kind of a more... Um, like kosher way for um, your healing to be sort of deemed appropriate at the time. 
And it says that the man just ignores him. And as soon as the man was out of earshot, he told everyone he met what had happened, spreading it all over the town. Mark 2. And then in Matthew 10, we have two stories, one of two blind men who approach Jesus and he heals them. Again, he says, don't tell anyone. Um, But they were hardly out the door before they started blabbing it to everybody. Then there's a man um, whose friends bring him along and this guy is mute, so he can't speak. And it says that he's possessed by um, a spirit that's kind of interfering um, with his capacity to speak. And so Jesus um, rebukes the evil spirit, says, you buzz off. Um, And the man starts speaking again. And it says again that the word got out and the story um, of who Jesus is is spreading. And then we have quite a crazy story in Mark 5, which is the one where um, Jesus encounters a man who um, has been living kind of ostracized from the community because a lot of people just thought he was totally crazy. Um, And he's the one um, that Jesus encounters him and the spirits um, that have been terrorizing this man um, uh, say, hey, Jesus, um, we know who you are. And Jesus says, you need to stop terrorizing this man. And they say, um, send us to this herd of pigs. And so Jesus says, go, go to the herd of pigs. And then um, the pigs all run into the lake and are drowned. So like real crazy story, really full on stuff going on. Um, and then we hear that the people who attend the pigs run off and start sharing about what they've seen, that the people um, who saw this happen come up to Jesus and they see um, this man who has been suffering and struggling, who's now healed and totally in his right mind. They witness that. And they are like, whoa, this is so crazy. And they start spreading the story. It doesn't say that the man himself spread the story, but it says that a whole bunch of other people do. And so from what I see on this, um, people share their experience of Jesus. People proclaim and participate in kind of letting the word out. And what this does is it builds more momentum for people to be curious and come and meet Jesus and kind of see for themselves. And those people seem to have kind of mixed motives sometimes with their curiosity. Some people are coming um, because they want to see, put Jesus through some hoops because they're kind of like, "Mm, we don't really like back this guy. But it doesn't really matter that there's this um, sharing that happens where people just pass on their experience, either that they've personally had or they pass on what they've seen. And then others are able to do with that what they will. And a lot of what they do is actually just approach Jesus for themselves from that curiosity. And so, yeah, I guess it's um, from this second point of proclamation is that I I take the idea of um, just telling your story, just sharing your experience as a way of proclaiming the good news. And it's not our responsibility what people do with that, but um, it is a possibility for us to simply share what our experience and encounter of Jesus has been or what experience we've seen others have and just kind of put that out there for people um, to take and do what they will and to use their curiosity to encounter Jesus. So that's the second one. And the third one is, um, a, I guess, proclaiming that we see through action. And so I'm just going to pull up one more scripture for us on this one. Do, do, do. Thanks, bro. Um, where is it? Awesome. Bloop. Um, so this is Jesus teaching. We are in Matthew. Bloop. Um, we're in Matthew chapter five, I think. Five, yeah. So here's what Jesus says. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. 
Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court um, to, to sue the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit for tat stuff. Live generously. You're familiar with the old law. Love your friend and its unwritten companion. Hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the supple moves of prayer. For you are working out your true selves, your God creative selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm, the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless, the good, the bad, the nice, the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say to hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. So this is like quite a challenging thing that Jesus is saying and is quite um, almost like a, a big you revelation that we see with Jesus, which um, kind of hasn't really been seen um, before. It's like pretty out there. And so in thinking about this, this one really struck me because this week in um in evening prayers, we've been reading through Acts. That's where the lectionary has been taking us. And in Acts 7, we have the story of um, Stephen getting up to preach. And um, he's sharing all these stories with the people. And it says, um, um, the Sanhedrin heard him. They were furious. They gnashed their teeth. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the son of man standing right before the hand of God. And at this, everybody was like losing it and they dragged him out and they stoned him. And that's just like pretty gnarly. And then while they're stoning him, he says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, fell to his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. So he's forgiving them as his life's been taken. Like that is such a full-on story and such a full-on um, like taking up of this um, posture of enemy love um, and forgiveness. And so that's the third, um, I guess, proclamation that I want to give to us tonight is that um, us being a people of forgiveness and a people of radical love, which um, is something that we use our words around, uh, but is also something that we use our actions around, um, is a radical proclamation of Jesus' good news in the world. And so, um, yeah, coming back to those couple of questions I put at the start, what is proclaiming and what is the good news? Um, I would say a cool way for us to think about proclaiming, it's an expression of who we've known God to be and how we've known that. And what the good news is, is that Jesus is one who brings about healing. God is one who is a creator and cares um, and forgives and loves radically. And three ways that we can think about engaging with that, even in this time of lockdown, is one, engaging creatively in proclamation, whether that's um, creating um, from your own source or engaging with some of the creativity of scripture. Two is telling your story. So just sharing your experience of Jesus or sharing other people's experience of Jesus um, and relaying that to other people just to, I don't know, provoke their curiosity. And the third one is um, being people who practice love for our enemies and practice forgiveness. And I think particular ways we can think about that this week is being people that don't participate in gossip and being people who um, practice saying sorry to one another. 
because that's um, always going to come up um, in a time where, well, it's probably always going to come up all the time, but when you're in a bubble and it's the same people, like it's just probably going to get tedious. Um, and if we're in lockdown for a little bit longer, I don't know, we might just start like grating on each other's nerves. And so practicing forgiveness and practicing, um, yeah, those ways is <laughs> something that we're probably going to need um, God's courage and God's help to lean into. And then the third one um, I want to leave us with is around praying for our enemies. And so there's two big things that I've heard from people this week that are really on people's mind. One is the um, full-on situation in Afghanistan. And um, something that's so crazy about Jesus is that um, the God we believe in loves um, both those who are um, experiencing trouble and hurt, um, so loves and cares for victims of violence, but also has love and desires for um, redemption for perpetrators of violence. And so we um, can be people that can actually pray into those situations, not just for victims, but also for those who experience violence, that um, God's love and God's breakthrough would happen um, in their lives. So that praying for your enemies, um, as Jesus says, and um, another thing that I think we can actively be participants in is that um, I think what's going to become easy to happen over COVID times is um, if there are people that are kind of like ignoring some of the stuff around um, COVID like rules and regulations um, on Facebook and on stuff comments, um, it's quite easy for people to bring a lot of negative talk around people and to um like tar people with a brush or fall into just a lot of bad chat around that. And I think we can be people who actively try and um, speak um, with love about all peoples and um, like maybe step into some of those conversations where um, some people's identity or love is being kind of tarred. Um, and so those are a couple of spaces I'm conscious of where um, there can be the spirit of enmity, but where, um, God's love and God's call for us to be a people who um, live forgiveness and live love for one another um, can ring out. So creativity, telling the story and being people of forgiveness and love are our three things.